electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer. I'll be one of my friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate, teach, and put this craziness into some sort of context. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. How do we get a nation of younger investors back on track? After a terrific day where the Dow surged 425 points to a new record, S&P jumped 1.14%, and NASDAQ gained 0.99%. I see the meme stocks flying again, and I wish I could convince these people there is a better way to manage your money. Not play with your money, but manage with the money. Now, I've been glued to the endless GameStop fiasco, including last week's congressional hearings, and it's starting to feel like hundreds of thousands of young people, maybe millions, have gotten hooked on the idea of beating the big, bad hedge funds at their own game. Now, there's nothing wrong with that in theory, unless you get so fixated on sticking it to the man that you forget how to make money. And people, that is the point. So I can wax on about the crazy action the last two hours of today's session. An afternoon that saw a vertible blitz of a look like coordinated buying of GameStop, AMC, Bed Bath. This succeeded beyond the wildest dreams of those behind it. Or I can say, you know what? It's time to get back to basics. At the end of the day, this is not a team sport, even as the goosing of these merry handful of stocks seems like a very well-orchestrated team effort, didn't it? So instead of chasing these risky meme plays, instead of getting impaled (laughs) on a squeeze going wrong, why not try long-term investing? Right, there's something many of these newer brokerage houses allow, and it's called trading in fractional shares. And I don't talk about it enough, and that's bad on my part, because these are wondrous things, especially for those of you who got started in your dorms or on your couches or during some Zoom calls when your name still pops up before the reveal. Fractional shares let you buy quality even when you're dealing with high dollar amount stocks. They're a godsend, and you should take advantage of them. So in the interest of getting people to do the right thing and not just buy GameStop at 147, I want to present a list of stocks in what I call the 500 Club, the $500 Club, the ones with $500 price tags or above that would be beyond your reach if it were not for the miracle of fractional trading. I'm going to give you a dozen, some of which are still off their highs even after today. I say I want you to pick three and start buying. So, I mean, look, you could do Bed Bath and you could do BlackBerry and you do AMC. 
Or you can do these, okay? I mean, I'm presuming you already have GameStop. It's kind of like everybody gets that when you put the board game down. First and foremost, Amazon. Yes, a fractional share in Amazon, $3,159. This is not a reopening stock or a lockdown stock, despite what you may hear. With the positive news about J&J's vaccine today, we're about to kiss the vaccine shortage goodbye. That's why money managers dumped Amazon. They think it's a COVID stock, and they want no part of it when we reopen. They are making a mistake. Amazon's a winner because the pandemic has permanently changed our behavior. I bet they're going to have a fabulous year and their costs are going to go down because they spent so much money on COVID. Second is Chipotle at $1,449. These guys cracked the code. They figured out how to make as much money from delivery and takeout as they would have made before the pandemic. Now, the inside of the stores are about to come back to life and they're building out Chipotle. They're fancy drive throughs all over the place because malls want to bring in traffic and this call flower you got to have it, okay? I'm, trust me on that, if nothing else. Third, there's the trade desk at 781. This is an advertising technology play that helps companies reach cord cutters who are very hard to get to. Now, this company claims that 50% of Americans have already cut the cord. Advertisers can't reach these people efficiently without the trade desk. What a quarter. Remember what Sean Conley said last night, right? At ConAgra, 80% of his ad budget is going online. That's what you need to be thinking about. Number four, of course, is Tesla. I get them so confused. Uh, Tesla 742. This stock is so many things to so many people. But most importantly, you're hitching your star, not just to, Kat, to Kathy Wood, who is the acknowledged guru of this moment, but to Elon Musk. Right now, I'm betting this guy's working on something we don't even know about that will drive the stock higher still. I will be the last one to hear about it because he doesn't like me. That's OK. I'm chill. Fifth is Intuitive Surgical at 758. This company makes precision surgery machines. I became a believer a long time ago, and I ran a fundraiser for a local hospital and saw a demonstration of this wondrous device. Machines won, people nothing, with much more to come. Six, Align Technology at 573. This is the company that's the maker of Invisalign. It's a chronically undervalued company, even by its own users. Now, if Estee Lauder were in the $500 club, I would pick it over Align. Still, this one's got a lot going for it. We forget that Facebook, Instagram, and Snap make everyone a potential star. And like it or not, your teeth are always on display. One look at our network Zoom coverage is reason enough to straighten your teeth. There are many competitors, but none of them has a lines cachet. Remember, dentists need their product because they need to make money. They can't make enough money just being dentists. They got to be like Invisalignus. Seven is one that just reported after the bell. NVIDIA, okay, it was trading at 590s. It usually goes down during the conference call because there's people who don't really understand what they're doing, but I accept that. And the First Amendment says you're allowed to be stupid as all you want. Thank you, Jefferson and Madison, for thinking of us. When you want the best chips for the data center or for gaming, that's NVIDIA. The semiconductor industry used to obey a thing called Moore's Law. That was coined by one of the co-founders of Intel. That's been supplanted by, by Jensen Wong's Law, named after NVIDIA. I call it that, but named after Jensen Wong, who may be the smartest CEO on the planet, and he is the da Vinci of modern-day execs. He is trying to acquire ARM Holdings, which would give him a huge foothold in cell phones and central processors. The stock would double if he gets ARM Holdings. I'm quite confident of that. But I also know that there are a lot of people who don't want him to get it because they fear that NVIDIA would be too powerful. I think NVIDIA and ARM would be fabulous. But even without it, the stock can go higher. 
Number eight, speaking of semiconductors, we do have a chip shortage right now. That means more demand for semiconductor capital equipment from the best of the best, Lamb Research. I like it right here, just under 597. But I like it even more on one of the periodic pullbacks. Memo to NXP Semi. Come on the show and explain to us why you are not giving enough of your chips to American automakers. I am a forgiving person if you have a good excuse. Nine, businesses need smooth workflows. And to make that happen, they bring in ServiceNow, one of the favorite cloud stocks, currently at 551. These guys have been through a series of quality CEOs, but now the company's run by the man with the greatest Rolodex on earth, Bill McDermott, formerly of SAP. He's taken ServiceNow to a level I never dreamed it could get to, hitch up. Ten is Netflix. Hey, listen, I don't like to overthink things, people. This is a $553 stock with a $245 billion market cap. How did they get there? By matching your brain with the content that you want to see. Netflix is another company that was accelerating even before the pandemic. Now it's become so ingrained that it's the primary way millions of people watch TV. Number 11. Now, here's one you may not know. It's called HubSpot. This is a $518 stock that's growing like a weed. HubSpot's cloud-based marketing software can target you and get you things that you didn't even know you wanted. Go to the site and see what they did for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I was supposed to go to last year, but because of the pandemic, no. I do prefer Twilio to this, but remember, I have to be true to the $500 club, and Twilio is not yet at $500. Finally, there is Alphabet, the parent of Google, with a $2,084 stock. This company has so many underrated gems, healthcare, mobility, entertainment. They've barely begun to monetize most of their businesses. Meanwhile, they've also become the number three player in the Mexican standoff that is cloud infrastructure business. They're right behind Amazon Web Services and Microsoft Azure. Okay, maybe a little further than that. When you see Thomas Curry, he's the guy who runs Google Cloud in action, you realize it's a contender. Plus, Alphabet has the added advantage of being a reopening play because a lot of their advertising had to do with travel. Listen, I'm not telling you to give up on the crusade to push up GameStop or AMC or Palantir or BlackBerry or whatever else has caught the fancy of the Wall Street bets crowd. Although, if you bought GameStop at the $40, say, yesterday, and you can sell the triple digits, I don't know. It, that seems smart to me. I know it seems dumb to a lot of you. It's just that I took that arithmetic class with Mrs. Mixer in fifth grade, and I remember that 150 is higher than 40, but I could be wrong. Anyway, I do think that these stocks were manipulated, I mean, were elevated very well by whoever wanted them to be orchestrated. I mean, everyone who wanted them higher. And I wish you all the best of luck. But the bottom line, if you really want to beat the big institutions at their own game, you don't do it with GameStop and AMC. You do it with these companies, okay? You do it with fractional shares, and you do it right. The $500 Club, even as nothing's more fun than watching GameStop doing whatever it's doing, this, people, is how you make real wealth. Walter in North Carolina. Walter. Well, yeah, Jim, from but, Walter in North Carolina. All right. I watch your show every night. Well, thank and you. And have for many years. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Last Tuesday, Thursday, Walmart reported fourth quarter and year-end results. They did not meet Wall Street's expectations of a dollar fifty-one per share. They only earned a dollar thirty-nine. As a result, their stock closed down nine dollars and forty-three cents, or six point four eight percent to 137.77 and today is down another $2.26 for a total of 12.49 in 4 days. My question in your opinion is Walmart a buy at this low price? 
Okay. First of all, thank you for those kind words, Walter. I need you to go back to when Doug McMillan dropped a similar bomb not that long ago. We did a major reset and gave people more money, employees. He fixed the stores. Next thing you know, it goes from 80 to 150. We are in the same kind of thing right now. I think Action Alerts owns it. We're waiting for our next level to buy it. The sellers will not stop. I think the sellers are wrong, and you and I are right, and you want to buy the stock. But like I said, the sellers are there every day. They just keep reloading. Let them finish. They'll probably finish around 127. And that's when we got a nation of younger investors that needs to get back on track. And you you can do that by owning fractional shares in the highest quality names in the $500 club. And remember what I said on Scott Wapner's halftime show. This stock has a tendency to go down. It goes down for two days. And that's when you buy a fractional share. On Mad Money tonight, Upwork just had its best quarter since going public. Could the remote and flexible work trend continue to push the company higher? I'm going to talk with the CEO after earnings. Then celebrities like A-Rod, Shaq, Sierra, I mean, but they're all getting into the blank check boom, right? But there are still some real companies, and they might have some too. But I, I, I just know I got 10 of them. Because you've asked for 10, I'm giving you 10. And Biden signed an executive order this afternoon to address supply chain problems with strategic materials, including rare earth minerals. What does that mean for the only real one we have in the whole country? MP materials. Well, I've got the CEO. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visited visibility at indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. 
what happens to the biggest winners of the COVID era when the era comes to an end? I mean, look at the action Upwork. It's a terrific company with an online marketplace where business, they hire freelancers, especially for remote work. They also build in all sorts of collaboration, communication software, make the process as smooth as possible. Perfect for the stay-at-home economy, which is why the stock's up nearly 1,000% from its lows last year. Now, last night, the company reported in yet another great quarter, extremely bullish guidance. And what happens? Well, first, the stock soared from 51 to 63 and changed. I like that. Then it sold off hard, finishing the day up just 3.5%. Investors, maybe, I don't know, they're using to ring the register, a classic COVID winner? So is the market right to hesitate, or are you basically getting an incredible quarter for free? Let's take a closer look with Hayden Brown, the president and CEO of Upwork, to learn more about the quarter and where her company's headed. Ms. Brown, welcome back to Mad Money. Jim, thanks for having me. Okay, so Hayden, here's my thinking. There are two kinds of companies. There are the kinds of companies that weren't doing well going into the pandemic, and then they got a, a temporary boost, and the pandemic ends, and they're going right back bad. Your company was on a really good trajectory going into the pandemic. People now realize it, and a lot of people want to work for Upwork, and a lot of people like a GE need these people. This is really where you can break out as a company. Absolutely, Jim. This is not a fly-by-night situation. This is a trend that was starting way before COVID, and this, things have just accelerated as companies have woken up to the fact, not just that remote work is something that they can do in the long term, but that remote work enables them to tap into a global talent pool of independent professionals who can give them flexibility, scalability, efficiency in how they do core operations very differently. And that's a lasting change that they can take advantage of even after this pandemic ends. All right, so let's dig down on that. I, I get out of school, I go to Goldman Sachs. All I want to do is have a job for a lifetime, okay? That's what I want to do. I just want to be there. Then some things happen. I had to be a hedge fund manager. But I never thought for a million years that I would like to work sometimes and not work others and that I could have a life other than my job. I am obviously so old, old school, forget me. I could never be at Upwork. Tell me about the new person comes out of school and says, you know what? I want freedom and I'm good at what I do. So I'm going to work for Upwork and I'm going to have freedom. Is that the new person that I wish I were? The paradigm has totally shifted. Young people are realizing that, number one, the employment pact is broken. They saw that in the 2007-8 recession. They're seeing that again now, and they know they want more control and flexibility in how they build their careers. We've seen that again for years. That's not a new trend, but it has certainly accelerated today with more than half of Gen Z freelancing and 59 million Americans freelancing. So again, this is a long-term trend that has been happening in the workforce, and companies are waking up to the fact that if they want to be working with the best talent, they have to be tapping into the independent economy. They cannot be limiting themselves to uh, full-time employees. So every company out there is realizing they need to have a strategy and a tool like Upwork for tapping into the best talent out there, which increasingly includes freelancers out in the economy and specifically on Upwork. Okay, so let's talk about three important things. Healthcare, diversity, and inclusion. Can you get all kinds of people to represent the United States of America as opposed to what my generation was? And can anyone afford healthcare? Absolutely. These are independent professionals that are earning high wages. 70% or more on Upwork are college educated. They have uh, 20% of them have a postgraduate degrees. So these folks are, you know, highly skilled professionals, independent entrepreneurs, basically building their businesses, building their careers and doing uh, so using you know, freelancing as their livelihoods. What we heard from them through this most recent economic downturn is they actually felt more secure 
as independent freelancers than they had being at the whim of a single employer had they been a full-time employee at a company that might have furloughed them or laid them off. So they're actually choosing this as a way to increase their economic security where typically they have you know, a stable of clients they're working for and they know that they're insulated from one of those clients potentially going out of business or pulling work because they have an independent business where they have a lot of options. All right, so Hayden, I'm a huge fan of your company, but I want our people to understand what is a great way to measure how you're doing. How about record net client additions? Again, should we be looking at that metric? I think, Jim, it's one of the indicators of the strength in the business now and going forward. We definitely had increases in our client spend retention last quarter, you know, over 25% increase in the spend from existing customers. We also saw a 10% increase in spend from customers in Q4 in 2020 versus customers in Q4 of 2019. So I'd say we're seeing strength from newly acquired customers, from retained customers. Uh, All segments of our business are really performing super strongly right now. And we are expecting that to continue through 2021 and beyond. Because again, this is a trend that has been started well before the pandemic and is going to continue as companies have really adjusted their operating operating models to put independent talent into key roles in their businesses to drive performance. And uh, if someone's watching right now and they want to be involved with Upwork, what do they do? Log on to the website, www.upwork.com or download our mobile app. And really it's easy to get started. One-click shopping experiences like Project Catalog can get you going with a freelancer right now. You can also post jobs into the marketplace to get longer-term project-based work going. So it's really easy. Enterprise customers, there's an offering for them as well with compliance, uh, worker classification coverage, all of it. We really serve the full spectrum of customers uh, regardless of what their needs are. Well, you have done a great job with your company, and I, I cannot believe how many people, because I posted it, how many people are using you and are so satisfied. It's really pretty fantastic. Hayden Brown, President and CEO of Upwork, thank you for coming on Mad Money. Thanks, Jim. Stay with Kramer. One of Wall Street's hottest investing trends shows no signs of cooling off. But with many ways to play it and plenty of speculation, Kramer's decoding this space for investors. Just ahead. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Weeks now, I've been trying to warn you away from some of these SPACs, right? And we've seen a torrent of these special purpose acquisition companies. They raise a pile of money, big splash, merging with some red hot startups, some big celebrity names. You know, I'm against the celebrity SPACs. And then, boom, I told you this move is going to get out of hand and too many gimmicky new SPACs, not enough takeover opportunities. Sooner or later, I figured the whole edifice is going to collapse under its own weight. It's going to be later, not sooner, because there's so much money involved. It can't happen overnight. 
But sure enough, this week, the SPAC complex has been absolutely smoked even if most of them rebounded today. Now, some of that's because speculative stocks have momentarily gone out of style in the Wall Street fashion show. I mean, who knows? In the last seven minutes, GameStop quadrupled, so you never know what's going to happen in this business. But I do expect there could be more pain if interest rates keep going higher. But, and this is one of those Sir Mix-a-Lot butts, uh, not all the SPAC stocks are overpriced junk, and you keep asking me for good ones. Tonight, I am giving you them. I am giving you them, 10 of them. Now, there are plenty of quality SPAC names that are indeed worth owning, as long as you're willing to be patient and buy them gradually on the way down. So break out your pencils, papers, your iPads. I don't even know what you use, okay? Your Kodak Ektachromes. And let me give you 10 SPACs that belong on your shopping list. Five we've mentioned before, and then I got five new ones, okay? Again, I'm not telling you to pull the trigger right now. I'm saying you should watch them on the way down because they do break. I mean, the, one, the first one's MP Materials. That was down $10 yesterday. It's the only U.S. producer of rare earth minerals, okay? MP. It makes a stealth electric vehicle play because it makes the magnets. It's not the battery. It is high quality. It's got very good management. The only problem, after sinking to $33 at one point yesterday, the stock has already snapped right back to 43 See, I want you ready for the next pullback, which is why we're talking to the CEO later tonight. We've had them on before. The cash flow is good. They've got great demand. Now, the second one that I just introduced you to not long ago, it's called Star Peak Energy Acquisition. This is a SPAC that's merging with a startup called STEM to become the first publicly traded pure play on smart energy storage, something that's essential as we transition to more wind and solar. Company also helps decentralize the grid, which feels like uh, much more of a necessity after that blackout in Texas, doesn't it? Now, a week ago, Star Peak was at 50. It's now $36 stock. I think you're going to get an even better buying opportunity once the STEM deal closes. But if you can get this one for less than $30, I pounce. Now, I know some of you have said to me that, Jim, it's just a rate arbitrage play. You like it too much. I think there's more to it than that. But I like it. Now, here's one we had on when they were private, and I think it's exciting. It's called Porch Group. This is both a digital home services network for people who need movers or contractors and a software company that serves these same movers and contractors. Last month, Porch pre-announced some excellent numbers. Stock's still been pulling back, falling from $24 a couple of weeks ago to $19 today. I actually think you can start buying Porch right here. Then maybe you wait for a dip to buy some more. Fourth, Sometimes it's just so tangible, it's just right in your It's like the purloin pretzel. Yes, we've got Utz Brands. This is the iconic snacking company that merged with us back last year. These guys have a strategy to transform Utz from a regional player, they're huge in Pennsylvania, into a national one. And they've been making a lot of great acquisitions, and they're getting coverage on Wall Street. One of my biggest, one of my biggest complaints about the SPACs is they don't get enough coverage. This is behaving more like an old-school company than a traditional new SPAC. They're making a bunch of small acquisitions, and I've got to tell you, I think this guy, Roger Diramini, he has done a remarkable job. He was at Pinnacle Foods before. This one, this is the kind of company that you're going to look back and say, you know what? I love that. I love their cheese balls. I love the pretzel. Why wasn't I buying the stock? It was at 13 I told you to buy it. It's now 25 It's down just a buck from its high. You're not getting much of an entry point, but if it pulls back to closer to 20 you need to be ready to pull the trigger on us. Fifth and final spec that we've talked about, and I've liked it from day one, it's called DraftKings. And this is the one that uh, opened the SPAC floodgates last year and it's been an incredible performer. I have a programming deal with DraftKings, Bull Market Fantasy, so you can take what I say with a grain of, uh, you can take what I say with a, a box of pretzels. But this is a real company that's generating real revenue and it is growing like a weed. That said, if, if, if you like this one, these things, it's up on a spike, it, it could come down. Now, those are the ones I've liked and I've said many times I like. Now, here's five new names because I am a slave to our viewers. Okay? 
And um, as you see on Twitter today, where I managed to, I think, upset every single person. My kind of day. All right, let's start with social capital, Hito Sophia, which uh, trades under IPOE. Um, This is a SPAC that's merging with SoFi, the personalized online banking play that's disrupted the entire industry, although technically it's not a bank. Now, I am a big believer in this one. I've had them on many, many times, and that's mostly because sometimes you got to just trust the CEO, and I do. It's Anthony Dodo, formerly the COO and CFO of Twitter. And if you go back far enough, he used to be an analyst at Goldman Sachs who helped me bring the street.com public 22 years ago. I've liked Noto from day one. I think he's totally bankable. I think SoFi's got great numbers. They're, they're forecasting 58% revenue growth this year. I intend to go to the stadium next year. I just want to. Thanks to the recent pullback, the stock's now at 19 and change, basically where it was right after the deal was announced. You know what? IPOE, you can buy it right here. Leave room, way down. We're in an erratic market. Second, there's one that I should have been talking about all along, and it's Vertive. That's the industrial services company that came public via reverse merger with a SPAC set up by Dave Cody. He's the retired CEO of Honeywell. He's another bankable executive. Vertive sells hardware, software, and all sorts of services to highly specialized customers like data centers, communications, networks, and industrial facilities. They help these customers set everything up and keep everything running. We know business is good because Vertive just reported a strong quarter this morning. Unfortunately, the stock has mostly escaped the SPAC sell-off. You can put on a small position here, then you hope it comes down. But Vertive is a real company with real people who are running it and doing a great job. Third new one. All right. We know that the electric vehicle SPACs have been some of the best performers out there. But what if I told you, what if I told you that the second strongest auto related SPAC stock had nothing to do with EVs? I'm talking about open lending which is a software company that helps financial institutions make auto loans. We've got an incredible bull market in auto, so it makes sense that this one's on fire. Open lending has terrific numbers, and they report their fourth quarter results in roughly two weeks. Without much fanfare, this stock ran from $10 when the SPAC deal was announced to $43 last Tuesday, before pulling back to $39 today. Stock is not cheap. But if open lending, if it hits the numbers, uh, well, this thing's going to look like a steal. Fourth, it's called Skills. Spelled wrong, it's got a Z. S-K-I-L-Z. I mean, maybe that's some sort of distinctive thing, you know? Here's a company that allows video game developers to turn mobile games into open esports com- competitions. I was reluctant to recommend this one because it had, had an incredible amount of hype. Skills launched into the stratosphere after getting a big endorsement from someone whom I like and I was having a little fun with today. And you, Kathy Wood, arguably the best stock picker around. And then it went still higher on a mobile game deal with the NFL. A few weeks ago, this was at 46. Since then, though, there hasn't haven't been that much news, and it's fallen to 33 after briefly dipping to the high 20s yesterday. I think Skills has a great story. I think Kathy Wood's a great stock picker. It falls below 30, pull the trigger. Finally, here's one that we've all been kicking around. i got this incredible staff. We're all looking at these ideas, and this is the one that has really captivated us. It's called App Harvest. This is a company that develops sustainable, large-scale indoor farms. This is the most speculative of the bunch, but it's an intriguing ag tech play. App Harvest, far from cheap, stock down 22% from its highs, looking more enticing. Currently at 33 bucks. If it falls to the high 20s, nibble. In the meantime, I'd love to have the CEO, Jonathan Webb, on the show. There, that's what I call an open invitation. Hey, by the way, can I, wait, I'm doing open invitation. Can I invite General Sherman from uh, uh, the GameStop? General Sherman, you're, you, you can come on the show anytime you want. Bottom, he's the CEO, his name is George Sherman. I call him General Sherman because I happen to be reading the incredible biography uh, of Ulysses S. Grant right now. Bottom line, when the SPAC stocks get hammered as a group, Wall Street tends to throw the baby out with the bathwater, like we saw earlier this week. So the next time these higher quality SPACs get hit, now you've written them down, you need to be ready to buy. As these deals keep rolling out, I will promise you, I might promise, my mad money promise, Cray America, that I am going to find the best ones 
that pass the smell test and let you know whether they're worth owning for the long term. I'm going to Paula in Florida. Paula. Hiya, Jim. Paula. Every night, 6 o'clock, while starting dinner, my husband and I just love hearing the excitement of your voice. Would you tell my wife to watch once? I mean, she knows I have a show. (laughs) I think she thinks it comes on at 7. She just tells you that. Anyhow, about two months ago, you liked and you suggested NGA, Northern Genesis Acquisition. Yes. Well, I bought it. Oh, good. Well, I don't know how good it is. Oh, okay. So that's why I'm calling you. Right. And the stock has been losing about one point per day. Now, it is supposed to merge by the end of this quarter with Lion Electric. Yes. Which should, be a good, should be a good thing. So my question to you, Jim, is has anything changed? in the No, outlook? not at all. I mean, I actually, and I, you know, when you watch, Paul, we did a segment. The, the group itself is trading together, and it's bringing down a lot of them. We, look, we wanted this because we genuinely believe that, that Lion Electric is a very real company, one of the few that we think when the smoke clears is going to be very much in the thick of things. If I were you, Paula, I would buy more Northern Genesis acquisition. I, I'm a total believer. All right, now look, guys, the SPAC complex has been smoked. We just talked about Paul, right? The NGA. They've been smoked. We've been waiting to do this piece until they've been completely smoked. That was yesterday. They're coming back, and I think you've got a chance because there are some quality names here. So you got to be ready. You put some on here and then wait for even more of a dip, much more mad money ahead, including my sit down with the CEO of MP Materials, which was right here a second ago, but I'm not fast enough. Uh, with the Biden administration working to help free up supply chains, what does it mean for the rare earth material company that we have in this country? Let's talk to the CEO. Then, which stocks are the masters of invention in this market? I'm going to reveal. And all your calls rapid fire in tonight's edition of The Lightning Round. So, stick with quick. Coming up, could this metals miner make you money? Kramer moves mountains with MP Materials. Next. Just before the break, I told you about my top 10 favorite SPACs. Yes, that's what you wanted. I gave it to you. The ones you can buy in a weakness the next time the whole group gets hammered. But when that pullback comes, you have to be quick because it might not last. Look at Kramer Fave MP Materials. That's the company that's the only producer of rare earth minerals in the United States, which makes it a backdoor electric vehicle play. This thing came public via a reverse merger with a SPAC in November. Since then, the stock has run from $11 to $43, and we've been with it the whole way. Yesterday, it pulled back to $33 when all the SPACs were getting crushed. And that's when you had to pounce. MP exploded higher today, up nearly 15%, after President Biden signed an executive order directing federal agencies to look for shortages of critical goods, including rare earths. Oh, man. Well, it could mean some federal buying. Do not take this for me. We got to go to James Latinsky. He's the chairman and CEO of MP Materials to get a better sense of the company's prospects. Mr. Latinsky, welcome back to Mad Money. Thank you, Jim. It's great to be back. It's also great to have you back and recovered uh, uh, back in action. So. Thank you. A little bit difficult, but I'm glad. Uh, thank you for yeah. those kind words. So President Biden uh, it really is kind of in a bind because from what I can tell, there's really MP Materials and nothing else. So has he been in contact and what can you do to help the country? Sure. Well, yes, as you as as you mentioned, rare earths were were part of that value chain. We've learned our lesson with you know healthcare with with uh, PPE and now semiconductors with the auto supply chain and and rare earths for for magnets and and so what a lot of people don't know is that MP represents fifteen percent of global rare earth content. So we're the second largest producer in the world. But Jim, I would just uh, remind you um, that 
we could have all the rare earths in the world. Uh, we still have to make the magnets. And so if we have all the rare earths, but we're still shipping them uh, to China, where where our uh, producers like Tesla, GM, Apple, whomever are buying them, uh, that doesn't do anything for us. So we've got to get the supply chain uh, further downstream all here. And that's what we're up to. Well, you have uh, been totally candid. You've lined up all the different phases. The phases do matter and the phases are going to cost some money. But at the same time, you've been very conservatively managed. I feel confident that you have the money to go down these phases. Thank you. Well, you know, as I think what separates us uh, from a lot of what we see out there, and as you know, and I'm sure you're going to talk about plenty, this is a, a new gold rush, right? right. Uh, whether it's gold rush, railroads, Internet, um, everybody can kind of look around and just see the scale of capital coming uh, to the electrification. I, I think it's you know pretty much fait complete that this is happening. Um, what's great about our company, though, is that you know we're we're profitable today. We we just in our early stages, we uh, you know we're a large player and and we're profitable, and yet we have this tremendous opportunity to move downstream to uh, continue to grow the business. Um, you know from from a profitability standpoint, reduce our volatility, and then also just you know, as we as we continue to transform, we have this unique opportunity where we're a picks and shovels play on this opportunity. And so I think that, you know, m- my expectation is uh, it may be unfortunate to say, but probably 80 to 90 percent of the companies that are out there today uh, trying to benefit from this boom will will go bankrupt or right. consolidate, as is the natural life cycle. And, you know, we'll be well positioned with the up- upside in the years to come, but also as a platform to kind of um, you know, continue to, to be a key player in this movement. We are seeing, and you know this, some SPACs coming where the uh, out years, they're making some claims yeah. that I'm sure you and I are saying land, uh, outlandish. But from the beginning, you guys have put forward estimates uh, for cash flow and, and for demand and production, and you've been beating those estimates the whole time. Is that just because demand is so strong or because you guys are much better than the old guys who used to have that mind? Yeah. Well, we're, we're reporting next month. So, uh, you know, stay tuned on, right. on that. I, I won't discuss anything current. But what I would say is, yeah, we, we have certainly um, turned around this asset. I think I think um, when people look at the numbers, they would be truly blown away by, by what we've been able to accomplish and execute out there. And, you know, we think we're just getting started. Uh, but as you mentioned, there's you know, there's one I know you talked about a lot the other day um, and, and you look at some of these, you know, companies that are got extraordinary products, really, really incredible. Right. Um, but you know, they may raise four billion dollars and need another seven billion dollars to get to free cash flow positive. And so the, the question is, you you have to make a decision. Not just is the product good, but you know, will the capital markets be open for them? And you know, I don't know if that's that changes next week or in three years. Um, but what's great about our company is, you know, we we can continue to execute. We can control our fate, and as you said. You know, we're trying to manage very conservatively. We want to make sure that we ex, you know, execute in advance of, of, of kind of being out there and, and pounding our chest, so to speak. And, and so we're, we're doing our best to do that. And, and we make very clear to investors that this is a, you know, a multi-year endeavor. Um, and, you know, there'll be, you know, good times and bad times. But, but it, it does feel good to have a fortress balance sheet and to have the resources. And, and you know, to the extent we do things, it's opportunistic. Um, a lot of times people are uh, get too excited about SPACs. I find that Wall Street itself, not the mechanism of Wall Street, as opposed to investors, is not excited enough. There are two companies that follow you. They're using $25 price targets. The numbers are hopelessly out of date. How does someone other than watching our show keep up with MP materials? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And I think it speaks to our sector and what makes us a little unique um, in, in a commodities business. And remember, Jim, We've been in a bear market in commodities for about a decade now. Yes. And I think when we look around, you know, look at all the technology and all the capital coming into this space, 
And, you know, we believe that that access to these materials, access to this upstream is the strategic asset of this new boom. And so I think a lot of, you know, it's, it's a cycle. And I think people sort of throw a, a number up in the air and think, oh, at this price, uh, new supply comes online. Um, but, you know, it really depends on the commodity. That may be true in oil, uh, but in rare earths, it takes years. This is painstaking. These are large chemical facilities. And so, you know, we think that, that the, you know, like any cycle, odds are that um, it's going to, you know, the pendulum swings uh, the other way. And, you know, we think it's just getting started with, with where penetration is for the electric vehicle. Not to mention, by the way, you had an announcement this morning on your air about air taxis, right? Yes. And, and, you know, to the extent that that size efficiency, weight, all of those things, those, you know, encourage the use of rare earth magnets. And so when, you know, if it's any kind of motion, wind turbines, drones, robot dogs, um, you know, it really, it, rare earths matter for those. Well, look, I think you're doing a great job. I remember when it first happened, I said, well, look, they got Fortress, they're good guys, but that old facility was so horrible, but you figured it out. And I do hope we get without, well, you know, you. away from the clutches of China, which I know is one of your plans. You've been faithful to every single thing you said, and I think it continues to go higher. James Latinsky, founder, chairman and CEO Thank you. of MP Materials. Great to see you. Thank you, Jim. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. Thank See you. you soon. Yeah, you know I like this one, guys. I mean, there's, it's one of a kind. We have money's back here for the Coming up. It is time. Kramer takes your calls. Rapid fire. The lightning round is next. It is time. It's up to lightning. Kramer, what is up? And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? Time for the lightning round. I'm going to start with Robert in Maryland. Robert! Jimmy, chill. Go! What be the stock? Speak to me. Energy. (coughs) And face, I really like that company. I thought it was a good quarter. I know some people thought it's moved too much. No, they are one of the keepers. Sun Power is the one we don't want. I need to go to Jim in Florida. Jim! Hey, Jim, big reopening booyah to you from Florida. I'm liking that. What's going on? Tell it to my so wife down there. On How's she doing? That, hmm. Questions on a stock that really isn't a household name yet, but uh, it's had a good run, continues to go higher. Recently, Kathy Woods Ark invested in it, and we all know she has the Midas Touch. So what are your thoughts on smart eyeglass maker Vusix Corporation, ticker VUZI? I saw she invested in it, and you know what? I have to do more work because I, I said, all right, I, you know, I mean, sometimes – yeah, just got to know when to fold them and do more work. Let's go to Dalton in Texas. Dalton. This is Dalton down in Houston, Texas. All right. I just want to say my mom and I are big fans of the show, and she's tickled that I'm calling in. Well, I'm glad you guys like the Booyah to you. Booyah back. Uh, I want to ask and get your thoughts on Lululemon in the context of the return <laughs> I think to it's normal. Done. I think it's done going down. I know people are saying athleisure's had it, you know, that they're sending Nike down to. It's one of about a half dozen stocks that people said, you know, their day in the sun is over. And that's precisely when I want to start buying. By the way, I'm going to give you a threefer. I'm going to throw Costco in. There's another stock people said, that one's done. Costco's not done. I need to go to Dustin in Oklahoma. Dustin! Booyah, Jimbo! Yo, what's up? Hey, What's we're out here on Wolf Creek Kia. Yeah, I just wanted to call you real quick and see with the move from the growth stocks to the cyclical stocks, what are your thoughts on AMD right now? Okay, so AMD traded down to 79 the other day. I issued an alert for action. Listen, you just got to buy this stock. Enough is enough. I know that if they had not bought, if they had not bought the Xilinx, the stock would be up at 100. 
So I think I'm cautioning, I say patience. I think that Lisa Sue's got a plan. The plan is a good one. The demand is strong. AMD is a buy. I need to go to Ann in Indiana. Ann. Jim, a great big booyah. Thank you for everything you do for us club members. Oh, thank you. However, I'm a little concerned about Abbott's diabetes franchise. Not so much because of Dexcom, but that new Medtronic CEO keeps threatening to come after that diabetes franchise. But has he? Has he really? Uh, You know I grilled him the other day. Libra is doing incredibly well. I think you're wrong. I think we're wrong to worry. I think Abbott can still go higher. Abbott, Danaher, Illumina, Thermo Fisher. That's the four. And that, ladies and gentlemen, the conclusion of the lightning round. The lightning round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, don't let the markets leave you behind. Want to profit from the next big wave of American innovation? Kramer shares his take next. When we look back on this period, I don't think we'll remember it as an age of overly promotional carnival barkers, even if that's how the skeptics would characterize it right now. No. No, I think we're going to remember it as a golden age of innovation. Every day it feels like there's a new invention on display, often a game changer. And the pace of this stuff is unbelievable. I never thought I'd see this in my life. What's driving all the innovation? Simple. We've got a bountiful stock market, which allows companies to raise massive amounts of capital. And when you can raise a lot of capital, you can fund all sorts of projects. Let me give you an example. Yesterday's biggest loser was a special purpose acquisition vehicle named Churchill Capital 4. This stock had gotten way too hot on rumors of a merger with Lucid Motors, an electric vehicle play that wants to be the next Tesla. Who doesn't? So when the actual terms of the deal came out, Churchill Capital came crashing back to earth. Anyone who got burned in this one, you have got my sympathy. I'll, I'll, I'll say it even on Twitter so you can just attack me for even giving you sympathy. But you have to look at it in another direction. Lucid Motors was able to raise a boatload of money. When you look under the hood, these guys have the potential to reinvent electric vehicle batteries. It looks sensational to me. That's huge. Batteries are the biggest bottleneck. If you believe Lucid's bountiful projections, they can disrupt the whole industry. Of course, we have to take the numbers with a grain of salt because the SEC is letting these SPACs get away with financial murder by allowing their takeover uh, their targets to make absurdly positive forecasts. They're ludicrous. But even if you discount those numbers, Lucid's technology looks like a great leap forward to me. And that's what matters. See, there's just so much money flowing around. And while some of it's going to get squandered on snake oil, a lot of it goes to good ideas. I have to wonder whether QuantumScape, the other SPAC name with revolutionary battery technology, could raise a billion dollars from excited investors here, stoked by the charismatic CEO Jagdeep Singh, who I'm so excited about. I wouldn't be surprised, although they've got so much cash, maybe they don't need it. What else? I got a little love there for Lordstown Motors, if only because it's a giant GM reclamation project. I expect there to be busts like Workhorse, which failed to obtain a key postal contract. Better luck next time. But there are so many legitimate winners happening. Maybe not long term, but short term, yes. Oh, there's a tremendous hunger for anything on Wall Street. The promotion machine, when it, when it gets rolling, it just needs, it's a giant maw. You got to throw everything at it. And that means early investors rack up big wins, even as the public investors, in the end, on some, we'll be left holding them back. Now, i got to tell you, if even 10% of these electric vehicle plays are legitimate, 10%, well, that could be the biggest technological breakthrough in decades. I feel the same way about green hydrogen. 
Plug Power has spent ages trying to develop hydrogen fuel cells for something beyond forklifts, but it really hasn't succeeded. Now, though, the stock market's given Plug Power a ton of money, so they can afford to build out a real truck network. Sure, the stock's pulled back hard over the last month, but they've already raised a lot of capital. We might look back on Plug Power's recent fundraising as the thing that finally pushed hydrogen over the edge, from being totally uneconomical to being actually viable in the not-too-distant future. And hey, it's not just the auto industry. You see the same thing in healthcare. Look at what Danaher, Thermo Fisher, Illumina, Charles River Labs are up to. They're helping pharma and biotech companies develop some groundbreaking drugs. We spoke to Charles River last night. They're currently working on 2,000 new drugs. That's the most they've 2,000. That's because of the stock market, people. Sure, this back attack is excessive, and most of these preclinical drugs, I guess they're going to fail. But when you got all this money floating around, businesses are more willing to invest in innovation. Innovation can change the world. It's positive. Sure, again, lots of money will be lost. But in the end, our country will be better and stronger for the new SPAC science rush of 2021. I'd like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise try to find it just for you right here on May of Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.